following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. what studio b looks like been a while huh <laughs> it has been it's good to be back and not on the phone and actually doing this yeah, stuff and that things are going to be calming down i know but i mean just the just the way that the baseball season has panned out I, and again i'm chalking this up as an overlap from 2020 and all this all the stupid stuff that we mm-hmm. had to do last year oh, because yeah. the season has been pushed way back for baseball. We're trying to cram in a bunch of games like we did for basketball. We crammed in a football season and now I'm trying to make money doing some umpiring for for slow pitch. So it just summer gets busy when you got you know don't have the kids at school and all this stuff. So I'd like to be doing this more because this is kind of a the only way that I could express, yeah, right? It's a little bit of an outlet, right? You know exactly. Like I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not. I tweeted a couple things after the Buck game last night, but I'm not one of those guys that can just watch a game and tweet and get my thoughts out there. Like I just want to watch the game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that, that that bugs Jane a lot when I watch football and I've got my phone and I'm just constantly checking yeah, Twitter. Yeah, and tw- I check and tweeting it, but stuff. I'm usually not active tweeting. Do you generally agree with what happens and what the what most of the conversation is when the Bucks are kind of in progress, or do you hear and see stupid things and be like, I don't know what you're talking about or what you're watching that I'm not. Or stuff like that, well, or is that usually on the fringe? That's of- usually on the fringe of, like the the basketball people that I follow usually are pretty pretty in step with what I'm seeing because most of this stuff ain't it ain't I what do I always say when we're getting ready for these games during the season? It ain't rocket it's science, science, man. It's yeah. just hoops. It's just yeah. basketball. This is the intentional foul back for a second week in a row. Dan and I back in Studio B. Thank you for finding us, downloading, and subscribing. Glad you've uh, stuck with us. I haven't looked at the uh, the uh, listenership for the last week, but you would think that people would be thirsty for some intentional foul given the fact that we were off for about a month and a half or so. Yeah, I know we got some because I had a few people that yeah. reached out and told me that they listened, so that's, that's, good. that's good to hear. We will uh, we'll start with the Bucks, you're going to get all your basketball thoughts down and out so then we can talk a little football and then the Brewers, Jesus, they just got swept today. Yeah. Um by the Reds and then we'll talk a little a little baseball rules and stuff like that and we'll and then we'll wrap it up. We'll see how long uh how long we go, but uh elimination time for uh for the Bucks after after last night. What was it? A 17-point lead? Yep. And now each team has been they're unbeaten at home. So that stands to be good luck at least heading into Thursday. But you, you know, if you're going to win one of these series, you're the lower seed. You got to steal one somewhere. Yeah, and you can't really wait until Game Seven to try and pull that off. Well, counting the regular season, the the Bucks and the Nets have played eight times, and they've all the home teams won all eight. So, yeah, if that bears itself out, you're going to lose in seven. Right. And last night seemed like the best opportunity, and then it slipped away. Yeah, I mean, I don't even really know where to start. Um, I was I was listening to a little bit of it. I didn't I didn't catch it. I I saw some Twitter thoughts um, as well. So I I guess I'll just 
I mean, well, you know, they caught they, the Bucks come out and played very well in the first quarter. Um, we're up 16 at half. You know, James Harden, kind of out of nowhere, just decided right. they were. They decided yesterday he was going to play, going to yep. give it a, a shot. Um, you know, and I was very interested to see. You knew that he wasn't going to be a hundred percent, but you kind of wondered where he was going to be. Was he going to be seventy five percent, or was he going to be twenty five percent? Well, it turned out he was about twenty five or thirty percent. I mean, the dude couldn't move. Well, and he t- and he doesn't really play a whole lot of defense to begin with. No. so wouldn't it stand to reason that that would be something that you could exploit? Well, yeah, we'll we'll get to okay. that. Okay, but um, you know, they're up sixteen at half, and but. They had, they had dominated the game to that point. Harden had given Brooklyn nothing. He was like 0 for 5 from the field. or I think he might have made a couple of free throws, but he, he had done nothing for them. Um, and Brooklyn was, you know, Durant was doing what Durant does, but the, he wasn't getting much help. And the Bucks defensively, it appeared they were doing a good job. They were playing really hard. They were they were getting a lot of the 50-50 balls. Um so everything was kind of looking good but on the surface, but I wasn't real confident. <laughs> I just, they should have been up 25. And at halftime, Barkley and Shaq and Kenny were talking about it, and Charles just flat out said, the Bucks are maybe the stupidest team I've ever seen. Wow. They just do stupid things. They're really talented. They got a lot of good dudes, but they're really dumb. And... As the second half went on, when they got they got to about the seven minute mark in the third quarter, and that's kind of when the wheels fell off. Um, you know, you can talk about a lot of things. Obviously, you know, you can talk strategy, you can talk adjustments. Um, the bottom line is when the games start to tighten up. Which is going to happen in playoffs? Ninety percent of your playoff games, especially it's when rare, you get deeper. Yeah, it's rare that. Yeah, as you get deeper, it's rare you're just, you're going to see blowouts. As these games get tighter, the box get tighter. You can almost see them on the floor tensing up. Um, you see, you see it with Giannis when he goes to the free throw line late in games. You see it with Middleton when he's got to try to make an individual play. You saw it with Holiday when he beats Harden off the dribble, gets to the elbow, 15-footer, and shoots an air ball with two minutes left in the game. Um, you can see it with Budenholzer on the sideline. The the just inability to in-game recognize what is happening and react. Um, it's been a problem of his his entire coaching career back in Atlanta, and we've seen it all three years now with the Bucs. Um, I mean, it's... It's the meltdown of all meltdowns. I mean, I, I thought to myself, you know, where does this rank in Buck history? You know, in my lifetime, I could think of three. Um, 87 Eastern semifinals, they lose game seven at Boston in a game where they led the whole way and blew it in the fourth quarter against, a, you know, the Bird, McHale, Parrish, Celtics in the midst of their dynasty. Um, you had game five in 01 against Sixers. Big Dog misses a 12-foot shot that he made a million times, just missed it. And then uh, two years ago in Game 5, um, you know, you're up the whole game, and you get to the fourth quarter, and they outscore you by nine, and you lose. Um, th- this particular Bucks team has just had a very, very hard time 
winning these must-win, gut-check, throw-everything-out-the-window kind of games. And I don't really know what to make of it. Where do you lay, I mean, what feet do you lay blame at here? I mean, who, is this an organizational thing? Is it the coach? Is it the players? Is it? Is it both? I mean, it's, like, it's a little bit of all of them. How can this keep happening? I mean, uh, you know, if you look organizationally, I think they need to philosophically look at how they play. The way they play, and then this ties in with Bud, the way they play is not conducive to winning in the playoffs. They play, if you watch them during the regular season, they play a lot of, free-flowing, kind of almost, it looks almost like a pickup game. It's a lot of guys coming down in transition and shooting threes, and, and you know, they're shooting 40 to 50 three-pointers a game, and they're making 17 to 20 of them. Um, that's, that's great on a Tuesday night in January against Indiana. But when you're in the fifth game of a seven-game series and the other team is adjusting to what you're doing, the Bucks have had an inability to adjust to that, and I don't know if I don't know if it's an inability or an unwillingness to adjust to that. Um, you know, they've 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 done Giannis a little bit of a disservice, in my opinion, because they've they've I don't want to say they've tried to make him into LeBron, Durant, Kawhi, Curry, Harden, whatever, but they've enabled him to try to play that way. And I've said it before. I hear Bill Simmons say it all the time on his podcast. Giannis is a modern day. He's a skinny shack. He's a super athletic center. But standing out and chucking three-pointers, late in games with an injured James Harden guarding you in the post, shooting a fadeaway one-legged baseline jump shot, um, What's the decision? That's, that's that, that, those are that's dis, that's yeah. that's personal decision making. That's what I mean. part because I saw that late in the game and and they laid out whoever it was you know was one of the ESPN Milwaukee guys who's a very big basketball dude who's been watching you know like you the Bucks forever and he basically he laid out that entire scenario. He just said Harden can't guard you. You're one of the best athletes, whatever, and then you drive and then pull up for a 15 foot off balance jump shot, mm-hmm. like where. It's bad basketball. Right. It's bad basketball. And, you know, and I've said it for a long time. I, I love Giannis. I, I, I'm thrilled he's a buck. I'm glad he's going to be here for the next five years. Whether they win a title or not, I'm glad that he's, he's a buck. But he has a low basketball IQ. And I think it comes from how he started playing basketball really late. And he got really good in the NBA really fast. I mean, by his third year in the league, everybody's going, holy shit. But when he was a rookie, nobody even knew who he was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, his trajectory has been like it's been a it's been like a skyrocket, and he's kind of plateaued a little bit. But at the same time, you got to remember he's twenty six. You know, Jordan won his first title at twenty seven. LeBron at twenty seven. Durant at twenty eight. Um, you know, these guys, Shaq in his in his late twenties. You know. It's not going to happen overnight for him. He's still got he's still a work in progress, but he's got severe limitations and you saw it in the fourth quarter 
when the game was on the line, Kevin Durant can do whatever he wants. He can get he can get the shot he wants every time down the floor. Guys can put their hands up. PJ Tucker puts put his hands up in Milwaukee in those two games. Durant missed him. He had his hand up last night. He made him. Now, should you maybe run a double team at him and try to get the ball out of his hands? That's a thought. You've got Drew Holiday, who's a first-team all-defensive player, guarding James Harden. Why? James Harden can't do anything. Put put Drew Holiday or Giannis, who's another first-team all-defensive player, put them on uh, Durant or have them be the doubler. I mean, they showed a thing on ESPN tonight of all the possessions in the second half where Durant had the ball. Giannis and Drew Holiday combined to guard him zero times. They're first-team all-defensive players. What are you doing? I mean, I get P.J. Tucker, like, he's the quote-unquote Durant stopper. But, like I said, you don't stop those guys. You make them work. You contest. You hope they miss. Well, it clearly didn't work if he pulled off the numbers that he had last night. It was too easy. It was just too easy. And once these guys like him, I mean, he's a top 15 all-time player. He turned into top 10 or 15 all-time playoff performances. It's the best game I think I've ever seen him play. Um, but you got to try to do something to shake up his rhythm. It was just too easy. And like Barkley said, it got to a point there where, like, the house was on fire. You just weren't putting it out. And it all started going back to Bud's unwillingness to adjust. They got they started running high pick and roll and involving Lopez. Whoever Lopez's guy was guarding was a screener, and Durant was coming off the screen, and Lopez is so far backed into the paint to protect the basket. Durant's just shooting uncontested 15-footers. Mm-hmm. This dude is like one of the five best scorers in the history of basketball. Those are layups. And you're just giving, and you're them, just to giving them to him. And it took like him making four or five in a row before the Bucks finally adjusted. It just took too long. Um, you know, Middleton and Holiday were okay. Um, you know, Holiday got in foul trouble early because he was too aggressive on Harden when he didn't need to be. Um, you know, he had two fouls, Tucker had two fouls, and Giannis had two fouls in the first quarter. You knew that was going to end up being a problem, and it was. Um, you know, Middleton was fine. He didn't play a great game, he didn't play a bad game. You know, Giannis, Giannis played a, statistically, and for the first 42 minutes of the game, he was great. It was just the second half of the fourth quarter, he was a disaster. And Holiday, I just don't know what's happened to him offensively. In this series, he has just completely lost it. He's turned into Bledsoe. That's why I was just going to ask about the comparisons to that because weren't we kind of saying the same thing about Bledsoe? Yeah, but it it, it, it again it just goes back to the f- philosophy. The Bucks are a big team. You've got Lopez and Giannis who are both seven foot. Middleton's a six foot eight, basically two guard. Drew Holiday is a six foot four point guard with like some of the longest arms in the league, but yet they don't go inside. Brooklyn, they have no big guys. Kevin Durant is their big guy. So you you have to, and that's what Barkley, he said it after the game. When they got blown out after game two and he was bitching about him, Ernie Johnson said, well, this is how they play. And like Barkley said, so what? It's game five. You have to win. If you want to win the series, you have to win this game. And you just do the stupid shit that you've done all year. You were unwilling or unable to adjust to how the game was being played. And, you know, I I think it's going it's going to cost Bud his job because 
while I do think there's a very good chance the Bucks win game six, because Durant played 48 minutes, which that. is also incredible. Mm-hmm. The dude blew his Achilles out less than two years ago. Right. And he played a 48-minute playoff game. Yeah, they, they brought him back, if I can recall, when the season started very, very, very slowly. slowly. Harden played 42 minutes. He hadn't played in, like, a, two weeks, and he's and, got a bum hammy. And he's already, yeah. So you, your hope is for tomorrow, or which will be today when everybody listens yep. to this, that Tuesday night takes its toll on those guys a little bit. You're also not going to probably bank on Jeff Green going seven for seven from three. Is it just weird that those kind of performances just happen to them? Well, it's because they're so some of those they're, guys. They're, well, put in those kinds of yeah. I numbers. mean, it was it was Fred Van Vliet all over again, right? From two years ago. But the problem is, is because they can't guard the stud. They couldn't guard Kawhi Leonard two years ago. He got whatever the hell he wanted, and that leaves all these other guys. They're wide-ass open. I mean, they're not scrubs. These guys, just right. because they're not making all-star teams, Jeff Green, the dude's been a 20-point scorer in the NBA. Like, he can make open shots if nobody's around him, and he did last night. And you're also at home, and role players always play better at home. You know, the Bucks shortened their rotation up last night. They, You can't play Forbes. You can't play him. You can't play... That Elijah Bryant guy that they put in there. They obviously decided that they can't play Portis. He didn't play one second last night. They basically played their starters in Connaughton and a little bit of Thanasis in some defensive uh, substitutions. You know, that's really, really difficult to win playoff games, especially on the road like that. And, I mean, Brooklyn did to Forbes and Elijah Bryant what the Bucks refused to do to Harden. As soon as those guys got in the game, they attacked them. That Elijah Bryant guy got in the game, and they went, oh, that guy's in. He played one regular season game with his team. He doesn't know their defensive rotations. He's going to screw this up. And what they do? They put him in a pick and roll three straight times, and they scored three straight times. Dude's done. And they do the same thing with Forbes. If he's not making threes, you can't play him because he can't guard anybody. So, I don't know. I mean, technically, they can still win the series. I mean, they've already announced that Kyrie is not playing. Yep. Harden's going to give it a go, but I, as I said, him and Durant played the huge minutes. Um, so if the Bucks came back and won tomorrow on Thursday, I wouldn't be surprised. But they've shown nothing all year long or in this series or even in the last two years that they can go on the road and win a Game 7 when they don't have the best player on the floor. I, I, I just don't see any reason why anybody would think that that would happen unless unless Harden reaggravates his hamstring or something else happens bad to the Nets on Thursday I, I just I don't I don't see it happening so if and when this ends whether it's on Thursday or it's on I think the game's on Saturday or Sunday um, for game seven I think it's on Saturday yeah um, right. then when you look at the roster and the evaluation and you make a determination whether Budenholzer needs to go. Um, and I, I know we talked about the rework, you talked about the reworking of the bench and, you know, just all the complimentary players when you got your nucleus of guys around when you had, you know, Giannis Middleton, uh, Holiday, and then, you know, DiVincenzo and, and Lopez to a degree, and then you added all these other guys. I mean, is that basically the way that you're going to have to approach this every year now? Is that you're going to have to find guys that, you know, because, I mean, the roster looks remarkably different from last year to this year. 
um, as far as the back half of yeah, I think they only had four it. guys back. Right. It was Giannis, Middleton, Lopez, and Connaughton. Right. That's it. And and Dante. And Dante, yeah. Um, but, I mean, so does that make a huge difference in the success, or do you really need to rework that nucleus like they did with the Bledsoe holiday thing? You know, do, well, you, do you need a better number two? Well, in a perfect world, sure. But like, I've, like I've said many times, who's, who is that guy and right. how do you get him? And it's easy to say, oh, you got to go out and get somebody. Who? Right. Damian, Portland's not trading you Damian Lillard for Chris Middleton, Dante DiVincenzo, and whatever. It's not happening. Um, Washington's not trading you Bradley Beal for those guys. It's not happening. So there's really nobody out there unless, you know, it's, it is the NBA. So next week... Somebody could be get pissed off at their team and tell you that they want out. You never know. But, you know, I think Bud's going to be gone regardless of how this – unless the Bucks made the finals, I think Bud's gone. NBA finals or the Eastern Conference? NBA finals. Okay. I think unless they make the NBA finals, Bud's gone. Um, I think that you have to seriously look at trying to move Brooke Lopez. I love Brooke Lopez. He's been a great buck. He's had, some, he's had a couple of good years. He's a great dude. But – He's he's like 33 now. The end is going to come quickly for him. And I just don't – the way they play defense with him and that sagging back into the paint, I just don't think you can do that anymore. I think there's just too much shooting. You may try to pedal Middleton, but I don't know that you're going to get anybody – if you if you pedaled Middleton, it would be to, to get a couple of dudes to improve your depth. You're not going to trade Middleton, I don't think, for anybody better than Middleton. I just don't think that that guy's out there. And with Chris's contract and the amount of money he's making the next couple years, it's going to be really hard to do. I don't think you can trade Holiday because you just extended him. I thought I saw There's there's a window that you can't. There's like a year that you're on the hook for, you know, whatever. And obviously you're not trading Giannis. So, you know, Middleton, Dante, Lopez, any of those guys could be on the move. Um you know, to me, it comes down to either you you punt on next year, and you trade Lopez and Middleton, and like I said, you try to improve your depth and say, okay, in the summer of twenty twenty two, we're going to try to try to reload. You know, Brooklyn will be another year down the road. Um, that that might be an option, or you just run it back and just try to try to pick up this year's Bobby Portis and this year's Forbes, and hope that. Weird shit happens again. Guys get hurt. Maybe you get a good draw, um, and and you get lucky. But you know, like you talked about with Game Seven being on the road, though. When you and and every team's guilty of this. But I'm a Buck fan, and I watch the Bucks, so I'm only going to talk about the Bucks. When you give up a game in the middle of the season against the Knicks, and you sit all five starters. And you give up a game in the middle of the season against the Hornets, and you sit four of your five starters, and then you miss, and then you have the tiebreaker on Brooklyn because you beat them two out of three, and you miss out on a on a potential game seven against them in the playoffs by one game. How do you justify that? What did, did that did those guys sitting out those games? What did that do? Did it keep them from blowing their knee out? Probably not. 
But it kept you from getting Game 7 at home. According, we know that. According to LeBron, it did, because the, wow. the, the quick turnaround clearly has led to all these injuries from last year. All that was was LeBron reminding everybody that he's still there. Even though, he, even though, even though I'm not he's playing, not there, I'm that's not right. playing. You can see my Space Jam commercial every five minutes on these nationally <laughs> televised games. And, oh, yes, I'm still here. I know Kevin Durant's the best player in the world now, and he had that game last night. But, hey, remember me? I'm LeBron. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of wondering, you know, about – Dur- you know, you you keep me up to date on all that stuff, and I know during the season, you know, we talk about bad losses when they happen and guys that get 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 rested. And you know, when you see games, and this kind of applies for me. Um, my closest analogy is baseball. When you see the lineup card at the third game of a series on a Sunday, right? The, the, and you're the like, patented Brewer Sunday lineup. You just don't care about winning this game, mm-hmm. no matter who's on the mound. Right. Like, okay, these guys need a day of rest, even though you have a built-in day off. I mean, you know, you've got guys like Prince Fielder, who is not the able-bodied athlete that you can compare a lot of these other in-shape dudes to, but yet Prince was out there 99.9% of the time, and granted it's first base, but you're still out there. Mm-hmm. And if he's out there... And you know, and then you get to the end of the season, and you're in a division race, and you're like, "Wow, those three or four games that we just kind of kicked away because these guys needed rest, those would have come in handy right about now, for sure." And and I'm not I'm not one of those guys. I mean, I'm I'm about as old school when it comes to this stuff as as you'll find. But I'm not saying those guys got to play 82 games, or or in this case, this year 72 games. But don't sit them all the same day, right? Stagger it. Give yourself a chance to win. Yeah. I mean, look, you're trotting out Jordan Norris, Sam Merrill, Diakite. You know, I mean, like, if I'm the other team, I'm like, that's insulting. Right. I'm going to kick your ass, and those teams did those nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens here in the next three days um, before we do a full moratorium on these guys. But... Um, <laughs> It's not looking good. I mean, well, it, you declared it dead when it was two nothing, and and were were you surprised that they climbed back into it at least and showed? Yeah, a little life? but the only reason I really had any faith or or excitement going into yesterday was because of the injuries, right? You know, if Kyrie doesn't get hurt in Game Four, they probably don't win. Maybe they do, but I'm still not feeling super good about going back to Brooklyn with right. with a healthy Kyrie. But, um. I don't know. It's in sports, and you know we've talked about it a million times with the Packers. You you have these, you have these moments. You're you're on the road in 2014 at Seattle, and you didn't play that good. And Russell Wilson's played terrible, and all you got to do is recover this onside kick, and you don't do it. You've got the Brewers. I, I look back 2011 game three. Renicky decides to start Mark Kotze in center, and he makes an error in the first inning, and you're immediately down four to nothing. He could have gone up two to one in the series. Three years ago, game four against the Dodgers, I think they lose in like, remember that it was like 14, 15 innings? They mm-hmm. lose two to one. Yep. They had a million guys left on base. They couldn't, they just couldn't get a guy in. You lose that game, instead of being up 3 1, it's two to two, and the next day you got to face Kershaw. So you have these little opportunities, and you have to take advantage of them because you never know what's going to happen the next day. Right. And, I mean, I don't think James Harden's going to make a miraculous recovery, but 
I wouldn't be super shocked if Kyrie played Game 7. That's kind of what I was I thinking, mean, it, it actually. Was a, it was a bad role, but he's going to have had five days, days of, of rest, treatment. Right. He wasn't even at the arena last night, so you know he's probably got his foot in a bucket or one of them freaking giant leg things that right. they put you in now. I mean, it's five days. There's if if it's a must win season on the line, we just saw Harden go out and play on one leg. What's to say Irving doesn't? Who knows? So they pissed it away, man. That's too bad. It sucks. That's too I bad. mean, like I said, they could they could still win, but I have no belief. I mean, why? Right? Why would I believe that nope. they can win a game seven on the road? There's only two other series going on. I mean, the Suns basically said uh, adios to Denver. You know, thanks for coming. I mean, that yeah, was a 4 nothing series. Well, that, was Jokic, it really surprising? It was a little surprising they swept him, but, you know, they throw Jokic out in the fourth, in the game four in the third quarter for a flagrant two foul. I, that was really the only exciting thing. Like, you can't throw the, the MVP out for that. Right. Like, what the hell is that referee thinking? I don't understand. Like, that's inexplicable that you would do that. It was, a, it was a hard foul. It was a flagrant, but it wasn't an ejectable foul. So that was a complete blunder. And now if you come to find out, Chris Paul's got COVID. I saw that. What the yes, fuck? I, I don't know. So I don't know how long that means he's out. I, I saw they're going to reevaluate him this weekend. Um, You know, Philly, Atlanta, they're okay. tied at two. How good are the Hawks? Because, I mean, you know, I saw the four or five upset. Is that considered an upset? Or is nah, that the far, Hawks were a better team. Fairly even. I think they had the same record. So, but yet they were the five seed, yeah, so yeah. so they still won. And I, I, admittedly, I have not watched Atlanta. I know it's Trey Young and Bogdanovich. Mm-hmm. I mean, who else do they have? That's that, uh, they, that's good they got uh, Capella, their center, who played with Harden and those guys on the Rockets is a nice player. They got John Collins, a nice young forward. Um, Gallinari, who's been around a long time. Because I mean, as soon as it's, like it's the guards, though it's Bogdanovich like, and Young. Two years ago, didn't they have like the worst record in basketball? Yeah, Trey Young was the pick behind Luca, right? So, but they have what wins in the playoffs in in this era, which is dynamic guards who can who can get into the paint and score, and get to the line, um, get their own shot, create for others. Um, Philly completely pissed away Game Four. I think Embiid was like zero for twelve in the second half. Uh, I mean, I know he's hurt. He's got a bad knee, but over twelve. Like what? You're a big dude. Like what the hell? Um, I still think Philly will win that series, but it doesn't matter. Neither one of those teams are beating Brooklyn. Yeah, no way. Um, and then the last series, the Jazz and Clippers are tied at Is that, two. That's was that a good series? It, it it it's been pretty inter- interesting. But now it came out today that Kawhi Leonard might have tore his ACL. No way. So he's out tonight for sure, and. I mean, the Clippers, I think they were going to win this series. And I think they would have beat the Suns because they've got Leonard and George, who you put on Chris Paul and Booker. I I think Clippers would have went to the finals. Now it's looking like Phoenix and, and, and Brooklyn? I think so. I mean, but we've got to see what happens with Chris Paul. Right. But that's the way it's kind of shaping up right now. I mean, I, and, you know, everybody obviously had Brooklyn and, I people thought the Suns would be better getting Chris Paul, but nobody would have picked them to go to the finals. And you know, look, Drew Holiday's a good guy, and he had a nice season for the Bucks. But boy, oh boy, would Chris Paul look nice on a Bucks roster right now in this series? Mm-hmm. Because those awful, awful, awful fourth quarter possessions do not happen with Chris Paul as your point guard. No way. He'd tell Giannis, "Get your ass on the block and don't move." 
and then if you're not open, I can get my own shot. But Bucks didn't want to take that gamble with the money and the age and what they would have had to give up, and you know that's interesting. Go big or go home. Coaching moves already uh, done. I saw I, I saw the Van Gundy thing today. That was not surprising. He that's a very young Pelicans team with Zion and and, mm-hmm. and Lonzo Ball and those guys and. Stan Van Gundy doesn't mesh well with, with young, young guys. Ask the kids in Madison that he coached that one year <laughs> after Stu Jackson. Right. Yeah. No. No. And then and then the Wizards coach is done. Scott Brooks is done in Washington. That's not too shocking. He, you know, they're a fringe playoff team with two all-stars on it. I mean, they're just not really much to do there. Um, so there, I saw it today. I didn't. I didn't look through anything else than what I mean. Giannis was the. Did I read? He's the only unanimous All First Team NBA guy, which just drives people crazy. We, but it's also weird because the MVP Jokic is not a unanimous guy. Well, Jokic lost a few votes to Embiid. That's okay. why. All right. That's why. Um, and and there are three teams. Three teams. Yeah. First, first, second, third. I mean, yep. first team looked pretty good to me. Yeah, Curry, Luca. Uh, Giannis, Kawhi, yeah. and Jokic. Um, hard to argue with any of those guys. Uh, maybe you put Dame Lillard ahead of Luka, it's, but it's arguable. Um, second team was uh, Lillard, Embiid, LeBron. Uh, I can't remember who else. But um, the guy that, that royally got – oh, Gobert was on second team. The guy that royally got screwed was Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he's the best guy on the team that had the best record in the league and was the best team all year, and he didn't make any of the first three teams. Like, Gobert made it off the Jazz. He didn't make jazz. any of the three teams. No. Gobert made second team off the Jazz, but it's only – or maybe he made third He made third team. But it's only because he's a center. Because they do – you have to have a center, two by, forwards, by position, two guards. Right, yeah. um, which is a little silly. I mean, if you're really going to tell the true story of what the league was that year, I think you just put the five best dudes on. Right, that's kind of what I, know, I that's what I had thought. Like, always, I didn't even think about it by they, position. They've always done it positionally, so they they've kind of stuck with it. They've they've given a little leeway. They'll allow, they were allowing you to vote Embiid and Jokic as a forward, but most people are like they're not forwards. You know, if you're going to have the the positional thing, let's just stick with it. Right. But let's maybe get rid of it. Giannis and Holiday become the fourth pair of Bucks ever to be first team all defense in the same year. Yeah. That's pretty good. And it, you know, it's well deserved. Giannis, Giannis is a little overhyped with his defense. He's a good team defender. He's not a great individual, individual defender. Where Holiday will just lock you down. So, but yeah, it's good. Good for those guys. I mean, Giannis. I mean, he's got all the hardware except the one that that really counts. He's got everything else. Right. He's got most improved. He's got MVP. He's got an All Star MVP. He's got all all NBA. He's got all defense. He's got Defensive Player of the Year. Doesn't have a ring. There's nothing left for him to get. Yeah. Except a ring. Except a ring. And then LaMelo Ball. Yeah, I was a little surprised he won Rookie of the Year because he, he missed so much because he broke his wrist. Right. He missed like a month and a half. And Anthony Edwards was pretty good this year. He was the number one pick for the for the Wolves. But um, they were so terrible. The Wolves were awful. And Charlotte made the playoffs. So I guess that kind of maybe bumped him over the edge a little bit. All right. Well, NBA season still has, what, another month and a half? About two, probably another month, two months, probably so, another okay. month. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, at least are you? You know, Russell Crowe, Gladiator. Are, are you entertained? 
by by the whole thing the yeah, way that's happening. It's, I mean, are, it's been are you fine. able I mean, to I'm, enjoy the rest of it given much. the buck buck struggles, or is that where most of your attention is? Not much is, because yeah. when I watch a full two hour or two and a half hour buck game, and I'm I'm watching watching it. It's like I don't really want to watch it's another like, two and a half hour basketball game that on, I on the West Coast. You know, it's yeah. like okay, it's time to watch Big Bang Theory or something. <laughs> like you know, especially last night. Like I, I, there, I, thank God there was no other game on to even worry about right. when that was over. Oh was yeah, like, no, okay, I got to play some PlayStation here. I got to do. I got to put in a Call of Duty and just start shooting shit. <laughs> I, I was so I like I told you before. Take some rage. Out. I wasn't even mad last right. night. I was so disappointed. Oh the, oh, the parents' line. I was sure. so disappointed in in how that whole thing played out, and I knew that they were going to get killed today in the media, and rightfully so, and they did. And, the, and then you know, national media doesn't hesitate to jump on the Bucks no, whenever whenever they get the opportunity. No, and Giannis has kind of become he's kind of become the whipping boy for the national media. And look, that comes with the territory. You win two MVPs, um, but the MVP's not quite what it used to be it's voted for different reasons now than it used to be so oh geez what, what were we talking about last year really think it was ramona shelburne or whatever her name was oh yeah she, they wanted the lebron and, because yeah, because some stupid reason but she didn't know any statistics for anybody else yeah. but that's who she's it's just like yeah. that's that's how you're voting yeah okay then so well whatever right. I, i'm just it's out of my system now move okay. on all right move on Wow, we got about as much NBA talk as we usually do NFL talk. Yeah. <laughs> Glasses are off, yeah. eyes are being rubbed. <laughs> it's like you just sat on the couch I did. for about forty minutes or so. Um, how much? How much? That, you don't charge by the hour? Do no, you? absolutely okay, not. Good. No, this is this is all this is all uh, uh, gratis. My psychologist told me thanks, I'm, I, but I'm not a psychologist. I'm, here's your coffee. <laughs> all right, let's t- touch on just a couple of uh, Packers and Bears things. I mean the. The Rogers stuff. You, you talking about this shit is like me talking about that Buck game. This it's like, is, Jesus, the, really? And that's really what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's just comically stupid to this point because I'm tired of it. And I, I was reveling in it was for like a say, week. You usually eat this and stuff up like, and you're like, Jesus. boy, one, you know, because you usually send me text messages with links and tweets and kind of needling me about this stuff. But it's now just gotten to the point where it's just stupid. We're just in the dead of summer. I don't care. Like, whatever. We got got about six weeks until training camp starts, and we're going to have to hear more about this. I mean, he was, Rodgers was on promoting a golf thing with, uh, what was it, him and and, and DeChambeau against Brady Brady and, and, I don't know who is. Is it Kepka? I don't think it's the rivalry total thing. It's it's Phil. Phil. It's Phil. Yeah, Yeah, because they won the last one, I think. Yeah. So, and then Rodgers has, it was wearing an I'm offended shirt. Which honestly is really good trolling by well, it's, him. It's typical passive aggressive Rogers. It is right I mean, as mo. It kind of made it kind of made me chuckle, but at the same time, you just kind of go, "Come on, man!" Because you know people are going to read into this. Yes. This is what we do now, right? Because I I think he knows and definitely recognizes how much this stuff is getting completely blown up. Even though nobody in his camp, like him or his agent or his publicist or whoever leaks this information, they really haven't come out and said anything. No. Except for his interview with Kenny Mayne, which I didn't think he said anything necessarily wrong or inflammatory. He just kind of said, here's what I think and here's what I've observed. He basically wanted to be treated like a better employee. Yes. 
And that's people okay. do that every I mean, day. We're not there, so okay. Right. And and that's <laughs> and that is fine for you to want that. Sure. Is it realistic given the track record of the Packers organization? Probably is it not. Reali- is it realistic as a pro athlete? Well, it's, but it's like you said, the, the, these guys want to be treated as divas. They do. And they it's do. up to, and, and, and you pointed it out very early on in this, this whole thing, there's no owner to do that. Mm-mm. There's no owner to go down on your private jet and, you know, coddle you and say it's going to be okay. And we'll No, the guys they're sending and, out there are the guys that he apparently doesn't like. Right. Like, is that the, is that the guy that you want ringing your doorbell and being like, oh, God. Really? Well, you guys are here? It'd be like if Bear came over to my house. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, really, like, hey, let's let's get all of us together, and we're going to go see. I mean, it seems like Lafleur's the only the only dude in that trifecta that really has done nothing wrong. He must wake up every morning and, like, go online or open the paper and just – just say a little prayer to himself. Please don't be anything about it's Aaron. Please Lewis, don't be anything about Aaron. Lewis Please don't Black. be anything about Aaron. It's the Lewis Black line. What the fuck's going to happen today? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I I got a team to run. I got an offense to put in. I got an MVP that I need at the head of my offense. Yeah. And you guys are messing with it because you got Mark Murphy at, I don't know, was he at a shareholders meeting? Something or like that, yeah. I don't know what he was doing, but it kind of piggybacked off what he wrote in his column when he said that – and. He, it's funny because when you go back and read and you and you look at all the comments, they took that line and splashed it for the headline. Sure, sure. Where he said, Rogers is a complicated fella. Which he, again, not wrong, but why are you even saying anything about this? Seemed a little clueless, especially after a week ago, he had basically said that he didn't, it would be better for both sides if this didn't play out in the media. Right. And then you say something like that, which I'm sure he thought was probably innocent, totally but it was a clueless yes. thing to say. And you, and you have to know that somebody in there has got a cell phone camera. Somebody is going to put that out to they're, the public. They're going to tweet Schefter yeah. or Wildy or Domofsky or somebody and you be have like, to hey, know that. You have to know that. Hey, uh, guys, you wouldn't believe that what just, you know. That's no different than saying, um, you know, you can't shoot a three with – 20 seconds left on the shot clock under a minute, or you can't call a timeout when you don't have any. Like, you just, you have to know this shit. If you're going to be in that position, if you're the president, if you're the leader of the organization, right. yes. shut up. <laughs> you're not Jerry Jones. Don't no. try to be. Shut up. Just say, if somebody hit, if, maybe, it might, was it a QA? and a I don't know. See, I, Even I, if somebody asked you about that, I would just say, I'm not discussing that. You know, the guy that's been great, a couple of guys have been great, and I, I, I saw this uh, in an article, I think, this morning on some notes from their second-to-the-last OTA practice. They talked to their draft pick out of Ohio State, who's assumingly going to take over at center. I think the kid's last name is Myers from Ohio State. They asked him about Rodgers. Would you rather be snapping the ball to him and starting to get this rapport down You know, with a guy who you know, you're going to have to call all the protections for and keep safe back there and direct your offensive lineman. And he said, honestly, I came into this and it's been like this. I don't know a whole lot about it, so I'm just not going to say anything. Well, right. You have no, he has no report. He has no perfect. connection to Aaron Rodgers. But it's like, why are you, I mean, 
and this what is a, what a shitty position for a reporter to put a kid like see, that in, though. And that's why sometimes I don't like a lot that, of the journalists. That's a that, total gotcha moment that need those sound bites or yep. try and get something salacious out of somebody who clearly is just showing up as a rookie. He's trying to yeah, he's trying to justify himself and make the team and be, become a starter, right? And and now you're going to ask him to you know, hey, why don't you wade into the bullshit that you're trying to stay out of? But I want to know what your thoughts are on it. Because if he says, yeah. Right. Now I'm Jordan Love and I'm going, what the fuck? Yes. Or if he says something different and Rodgers comes back, which he's not going to. Go, hey, now, you, now, you know, hey, man. But, yeah, that's, right. that's out of line, I think. Um, Jordan Love's comments last week during mandatory minicamp, I think, were perfect. I mean, that dude's just trying to get better. He was, in, he was inactive. He, you, know, he knows the position he's been put in. Do you in. think you're ready to start? No, no, I'm, no. What do your teammates I, I, think? I'm, I'm just here to get these guys water. Like, what What, what kind of stupid-ass question is that? Of course he's going to say yes. Like, you you really want me to, t- here, I'm going to test your confidence level by asking if you're Tim ready Boyle to start. thought he was ready to start. Everybody thinks Everybody that. Thinks yes. that. You're supposed to think yes. that. No, because if you don't, what are you doing there? You shouldn't be there. Or you're going to need to be in the league another three years before you think you're ready. Well... I don't. I think. I think it's over. I. I do not think Aaron Rodgers ever takes another snap in Green Bay. Retirement trade. I, I don't. I don't know. I just think that that this he, is that's done. it. Um, Glazer was on. I think McAfee's show today, and said everybody he's talking to that is close with Aaron is still saying he he wants out. He does not want to play there anymore. Several teams have called the Packers and have all been rebuffed. And he said he told a couple of people in front offices his advice was just keep calling, man. That's what I saw just today keep on Twitter. Somebody said that. Yep. Like, if I'm NFL teams, I keep calling. Well, and it's interesting, too, because you're, you're going to see the ripple effects of this throughout the league now. And, he, and I, we are, I already read something yesterday that really hit home with me where Derek Carr yes. gave a press conference and he said, if I ever got traded, I'd quit. I'd retire. I'm only going to be a Raider. Well, the Raiders are one of the handful of teams that people have postulated could be Rodgers' destination. So now if you're a pa- if you're the Packers, I'm, I can't trade you to the Raiders. Because right. if I trade you to the Raiders, I might want Carr back for a year and or two he, as a transition guy. And he us. just told me he, he's not playing in Green Bay. Dude's a freaking Southern California guy, and he played for the Raiders. He's not coming here. So check them off the board. So the list of places and, short. And, and and the return that you would get is, first of all, the list of places is small. And the rate of return that you would get is, to me, shrinking every, every, day. every day you every get day. closer to training Because you can't trade future picks. Right. It's not like the NBA where if you're, you know, the Lions or – Denver can say, we'll give you our next two first-rounders. I don't think you can do that in football, can you? I don't know about first-rounders. I mean, the Julio Jones thing was kind of, I thought they, they got off pretty light in giving them back. I, I mean. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. I don't know. But but still, I mean, they you're know not you're going to do it. You're exactly. not giving up a first-round pick for them. And like we've said, if you do, it's going to be a shitty pick because it's going to be 27 or 30. What's, I, don't know. I don't know. James but, Jones said, I think it was earlier today or it was late yesterday, he said to relax. 
you know, he gave he well, gave yeah, but I, he gave again, the Rogers line. It, that's, that's, Jones is, has turned into a pretty reliable dude as far as he's not more reliable than Jay Glazer. So you know, I, I'm I'm going to trust I'm going to trust the guys that have been doing this for decades okay. because they've got a much much heftier reputation put to put on the line than than James Jones does. James Jones, James Jones, if he's I don't know how close with Rogers he really is, but if he's wrong, he can always say, "Well, I got you know bad somebody somebody gave me bad information, or we were it wasn't serious, or whatever." It's a little different for a Schefter or, or a Glazer to kind of come back from mm-hmm. one of those screw ups, but. I don't know. I I just I I have this gut feeling that it's over for him in Green Bay. And and I mean, who in the hell would have thought that when he walked off the field in January after that loss to Tampa Bay, that that would be the last time he would ever be a Packer? I don't think anybody, of course not, could have thought something like it's that. It's just so weird how quickly this spi- downhill spiraled out of control, and now we're here, like you said, after. Months ago, you were so close to the Super Bowl. It's like, and now, I mean, and you know, my thoughts keep going forward because this is a different dude than Favre is. Obviously, they're going to retire your number. They're going to put your name up on the stadium. Yep. You know, you've got a ring. You've got three MVPs. Is he going to want to come back and do this? This, you know, um, victory tour down the line, or is he not going to do it? Until there's different management, or is he is he going to be holding? Is he going to be a lifelong grudge holder and be like, "That's that's done." I'm well, you know whatever. And when and they when can do what they want. And when the fans turn on him, when he's when and if he's playing for somebody else, like they did with Favre, Favre. you gonna sell your stake in the Bucks? Haven't seen you in any Buck games. Good question. Where you been? So well, I was Darius Darren Jones. I, I, the other I know day. why you're not there. You'd get booed. You'd get booed, and you'd have everybody going around you, going, "What's going on? What's going on? What's going on?" So I get it. But, you know, you kind of made a big show about it when you bought that half of a percent or whatever the hell you bought. Because you were kind of, to me, that that kind of was like, I'm invested in Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. And then now you're not because of Gudekunst? I don't know. I mean, we've all worked for people we don't like, man. <laughs> That's true. I, I mean... <laughs> He, yep. I, w- I just, it's one of those things, why the, are you allowing the general manager to bug you? Right. Why? If you don't like him and you think it was a dick move that he didn't let you know about love, well, you did what you were supposed to do to give him the finger. You won the MVP. You're like, oh, you think I'm done? You think I'm almost done? Watch this. Watch this. So you gave him, you shoved it up his ass. Now you're trying to do something. You're trying to shove both hands up his ass. Like, why? I, I just, it's, I don't, there just seems to be like a level of, pet, and all these, all these greats are petty. I mean, we saw that at the Jordan doc right. last year with, with, with this, but th- that's just like another level of petty. When you're like, either you fire this guy or I'm going to take my ball and go home. It's, it's just, it's a bad look. It is. And, and you know, I, I don't know. It, it, and I was thinking about it today. He grew up a Niner fan. Yes. Worshipped Joe Montana. Yep. Can you imagine Joe Montana doing this when they brought in Steve Young? Right. Like, they, And they brought in Steve Young when Montana was still in his prime and still winning Super Bowls. Yes. and He, finished, he wasn't 37. And he finished with a different team. So he didn't 
start kicking and screaming and say that he wanted everybody fired or else he was going to quit and retire or he wanted to be traded. It's just a different. It's just a different era for that kind of stuff. I, I, it's I don't wild, understand. isn't it? It is. I mean, we 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 won't we won't get into it, but we were talking about it with the high school baseball shit with yep. these kids going to play, ditching out on their high school teams to go play travel ball. What what is this? What is this? Why are you playing? Do you have any loyalty to anybody that you play with? Do you care about your teammates at all? I don't. I don't understand this new age mentality. Me first and Rogers ain't that much younger than we are, no. so he grew up in our era. Yes. So for him to kind of turn into this late in his career is it's not totally surprising. I, I guess you know. It's really even, disappointing, even, though. Yeah, and even for me as a non-Packer fan, it's kind of like with the Bucks. It's disappointing. Mm-hmm. It's disappointing to see a guy do that, especially a guy that great and that revered. Yeah, I mean, he has. He has all of Green Bay in the palm of his hand. Most Packer fans that I know like Favre better, but will all say almost to a man Rogers that Rodgers is, is the better player. He is better, yes. So, Yep. All right. Uh, how about your quarterback situation? Not really a shocking thing, but I think, you know, I think Nagy just doesn't want to keep answering the question, so he just decided to drop the hammer and say, listen, it's not happening. You can stop asking. So when training camp starts and you're going to see, say, when are we going to see fields? When are we going to see fields? It doesn't matter. Week one starters, Andy Dalton. Next question. Yeah. Well, and I we talked about it in weeks prior. This is the Bears' own fault, too. You don't come out and name your starting quarterback in fucking March. Right. Before the draft. And, and, like and that's, that's, then you draft somebody. And like, well, wait a minute yeah, now. Uh-uh. It doesn't make any sense. Th- this doesn't affect what we already said. Why well, you, should, you should be going into camp. With an open quarterback competition, who's the between, better player between Dalton, Fields, and Foles? If if one of them can outplay the other and gives you, in your opinion, the best chance to win objectively, yep. start him. Yep. Don't care if it's a rookie or a dude who's been in the in, in the league for a decade. Well, it reminds you a little bit of last year what the Chargers did. Right, they have Herbert. Everybody knows he's the next franchise guy. They trade away Philip Rivers for him. And then they fucking start Tyrod Tyler Taylor, Taylor the first two weeks. Yep. But everybody knew Herbert beat him out. He was better. You can't. And 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 that's the other thing. You can't win a PR battle over well, over that thing. And, and and if you're an organization, don't be making promises to these fringe level guys. What do you? Well, owe we, Andy we, we told Andy Dalton. I don't give a shit when you told Andy Dalton. Nagy called him right afterwards. Said, "I still stand by what we said. You're still the starter for for week one." Andy like, Dalton should be cuttable, right? He's a guy that if he sucks in the preseason, you should have no bad feelings about cutting. No, that was a bad signing. We made a mistake. Period. End of story. He's not your franchise guy, so he should be expendable. You know, just like Blake Bortles or Kurt Bankert or whoever whoever the guys that they've signed to to back up Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, it's like you don't you don't have to ride with those guys. Yeah, could you imagine if the Packers traded Rodgers and they said, Well, you know, Blake Bortles is our starting quarterback. And we told Blake Bortles when we signed him that he was our number one. It'd be like, Well, I don't give a sh Blake Bortles? What? <laughs> I'd love to see one person buy a Blake Bortles Packers jersey. Somebody will. Somebody will as a joke. Just as a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. So I, I, I the the fields and the Dalton thing, I mean, that's just kind of one of those things where you're just it, that's like the mark just just stop talking. Mm-hmm. Just stop talking. Yeah. 
You know, let that play out, and 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 we don't. But they made their own bed, and they they, they wouldn't have to keep answering this question if they hadn't come out with that declarative statement two, three months ago. And now they're just they're doubling down, like, doubling down on it. By the way, what you said a couple of months ago, let's talk about that. And yeah. I'm like, just uh, say, listen, when we said that, we didn't know that Justin Fields was going to be available at number nine. And now we have an open competition. Yeah, we have an open competition. I mean, it, what it, what is Andy Dalton's feelings going to be hurt? He's Sorry, big, he, we got to go back on what we promised he's you. He's a big boy. He can handle it. And if you know what, if he don't like it and he wants out, you can cut him and somebody else will be, pick him up to be their backup. Right. Whatever. I did see today that Foles is attracting some interest from some AFC teams as like a must be a backup of, of some sort. You got but, three quarterbacks and you're paying him a shit ton of money. Yeah, if you could, could unload guy. If you could unload that guy for a bag of socks, I'd say, where do I sign? <laughs> I saw Allen Robinson showed up to mandatory minicamp, even though he's frustrated with the franchise tag. What's the deal with Eddie Goldman? I don't know. What, what I know. He's he's not in minicamp. Well, he didn't play he, last. He year. opted out because of COVID. Yeah, and now he's not in minicamp, even though. And then they said, "Well, we expect him to be there for training camp." Well, all signs are saying, "I don't know what the hell you're thinking." Yeah, because well, he didn't play last year. Now he's not at any of the offseason activities including the mandatory thing, but you just magically think he's going to show up well, in a month? he can piss right off, too, though. I mean, you're again, you're talking about a, a borderline starting defensive lineman who's on the back end of his 20s. I mean, like these guys, I get it. You're, you're, you want more money. You're, you're off your rookie deal, but come on, man. <laughs> you ain't Aaron Donald. Right. Anything else in the NFL that's kind of caught your eye? or uh, No, I haven't paid much attention, attention no, honestly. You, you've been all, all Bucks and Brewers, I would assume. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of the Brewers, they just got swept by the Reds. They, they scored a total of four runs in the series. After the, the four or three games previous, I just saw this stat, they put up a total of 26. They went from 26 to four <laughs> against a dog shit Reds team. Yeah, last night against Castillo, he was like, I think he was 2-7 and seven with an almost 7 ERA. And he made and him it's look se- silly. It's the second time in a week he shut him down. Yes. Because he did the same thing last That's week. That's the only success that he's had. Yeah. It's been against the, the Brewers both times. I mean, well, before today's game, they were tied for first with the Cubs at 38-29. and 29. last week when they said, oh, yeah, the Brewers are at the top. I went, what? Yeah, it's... Huh, I, it's kind of inexplicable that they're in for, that they're even I had no, tied for first. Like they've been winning that much. Well, there's the 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 division minus the Pirates is not they're 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 it's a wash to me. The Brewers have the best pitching. The Cubs probably have the best lineup. The Cardinals they're okay. They're, got a good lineup in the middle. The though. you know the Reds got a little bit of this, but nobody's leaps and bounds Better over the other teams. Else, yeah. So. Um, yeah, two and one against the Reds, three and zero against the Pirates, and then you get swept by the Reds. That's kind of been their last nine days. Um, they head out to Colorado. That's always for a four games. That's always a problem out there. And then they follow that up with three in Arizona, who they, they just both, swept at home. And both those teams suck. So I do expect the Brewers to. I mean, on a seven gamer, you'd expect them four and three, five and two. Um, but Colorado, they never do well at. No, they and, don't. And even though Arizona's garbage, you have a feeling you're not going to go in there and sweep them. Well, they've but. feasted on some of the shitty teams. I mean, but 
you say that, but it's like, yeah, but they've owned the Padres. Right, that's what I, somehow right. they went to San Diego. They beat and they the shit them. out of the Dodgers yes. in that series in Milwaukee. Yep. But that was, you know, shit. That was in April, and I don't know how much you still, really read no, into that. They're still figuring stuff out. Um, but this lineup, I, I'm really, I think they're going to be look like because of what I just stated with the division, and there's really nobody other than a couple of teams in the NL West. The NL East isn't that good. So the Brewers are going to be in the mix for the playoffs all year. What concerns me is I don't think this lineup can hit good pitching. Um, you can feast on the Pirates. You can feast on the fourth guy on, on the Padres. But, you know, are you beating Bueller? Are you beating Bauer? Are you beating Kershaw? Are you beating um, the top-line guys on, on the Padres? Are you, beating, <laughs> are you beating Scherzer? You know, and look, you can say, well, they just beat Scherzer a couple weeks ago. It's it's not the playoffs. These guys aren't quite bearing down like they do when, when it gets late. So that right. that's my concern. I mean, they've got – I mean, I was looking at the, today. They've got like four dudes that are regulars that are under 200. That's brutal. So Everybody's hurt. And, and, and right now the Jackie Bradley Jr. signing does not look great. I cannot believe how poorly he has been at the plate. Bad. Struck out today to end the game. Like, he wasn't very good last year, but, you know, this is, I mean, he's hitting like a buck fifty. Avisel Garcia, with his, with his you know, weight drop, has been one of your best guys. He had a great May. He had a really good month of May. He hit some homers and, and drove in some RBIs, but, you know, even he, he's, he's like hitting two forty. Um, I think the only guys hitting over two fifty are Wong and Narvaez. That's it. And Wong's hurt. And Wong's hurt. Twice and with, with the oblique problem. You know, Narvaez started out really, really hot. He's kind of come back to earth a little bit, but he's still hitting over 300. But, you know, <laughs> like you said, I mean, Wong's hurt. You, you still got here in AAA. He's been a disaster. Kane is on his literally on his last leg. <laughs> um, and then Travis Shaw the other night. Just oh my God! Pulls a Jimmy Nelson and I was destroys watching. his shoulder. I texted you as soon as that happened. I thought I, he was, I was dead. I thought, yes. I thought there was a sniper in the stands, and he got popped. He didn't move. Didn't move. Didn't move for like five minutes, and I'm like, "What is?" Because I didn't see it happen live. Oh, I you saw texted me. Yeah, I saw. So I turned it. it on, and I'm like, "What is going on here?" Turns out that he he destroyed Pop, his shoulder. His shoulder out. I mean. Thankfully, it's a non-throwing shoulder. Right. But, I mean, they are estimating him out till August. I wouldn't be shocked if it was the year. I mean, you never know. Um, but I <laughs> I had to laugh today. It was so funny. I was sitting at work. I was bored, and I was just kind of scrolling on Twitter. <laughs> and I saw, like, it was, like, some people in Brewer, on Brewer's Twitter and, like, Hard Record and, a, and maybe one other Brewer reporter, and they were all excited because for the eighth game in a row, Kristen Yelich got a walk. So and his on base percentage is like four hundred. Yeah, and I'm like, well, that's nice. The object of the game is to get on. Yes, but I'm pretty sure they're not paying him twenty five million a year to walk, and I'm pretty sure. That the dudes behind him. So I was just thinking, can't do shit. Great, so, great for you to get on base, but if you to get nobody's base, knocking you in, but what, when you walk what, back to the dugout after the third out, and you're still on first base, uh, okay. We, we we need a little more can, audio can than you, that. I, and and look, I get it. 
because the guys behind him and in front of him are not that good seeing, and they're very, very inconsistent, he's not seeing, seeing dog shit He's not seeing anything. Yes. I get it. So I would rather he walked than chased garbage like Hira. But look, there's a lot of guys that are really good players that are surrounded by not really good players. They produce. And I know Yelich was banged up and he's kind of he's, you're he's, starting to see him kind of ground yeah. back into form, but I mean Usually June one is for me is kind of when baseball starts. I get excited for opening day, and then we get into the NBA playoffs. You got the NFL draft. And there's all this other stuff going on, and I kind of I pay a little bit of attention, but not a ton of attention. June is when you kind of start to pay attention to baseball, and they're in first. Their pitching's really good, but I'm not sure. Anybody should have a lot of confidence that this team's one of those special teams, you know, like we saw a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. They don't really have anybody producing above their pay grade. Like, you know, Chassin, a scrap heap guy that has a career year. You're not seeing that. You you don't have anybody in your lineup. You know, you've got you've got guys underproducing actually, well, yes. as opposed to overproducing. So. You can't rely on Daniel Vogelback. I mean, yeah, the guys, you know, the guys. He's given you more, I think, than I than we you and I yes. expected. Yep, but he's still, but he's still two twenty, swinging at ridiculous things. And I, I mean, it's great. That, I mean, he's a and he's a fucking fire hydrant over at first. I mean, he's made a couple of good plays, but I like the he's guy. He's not a gold glover. I mean, people love him. I mean, he's one of those likable guys. He's a perfect brewer. He's a you, softball. He's a beer league softball player. Yes, he is. He is. Yes, he's he Matt is. Stairs Jr. I'm going to hit the ball as hard as I can, and if I can't, I'm swinging and I'm missing, mm-hmm. or I'm just watching shit go by me. And look, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be negative about the Brewers because I'm. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. Well, you at, should. At, I think mean, anybody should I'm, be. I'm pleasantly surprised at where they are in the standings, given they're, they're, what they're it, dealing it's with. Still, like going to the dentist, and getting a tooth pulled, watching their games. <laughs> they're incredibly frustrating to watch. Whether it's whether it's council's pitching decisions, oh, man. whether it's the the miserable at bats, it's it's tough to watch. We're just it's so weird that we're worried about taxing guys by letting them throw over 75, 80, 85 pitches. I mean, who who took the no hitter into the eighth the other day? Was it Peralta? And just watching Council's uneasiness. Oh, he was just grinding in, in the there. dugout. Oh. It was hysterical. Totally grinding. I bet it's driving him absolutely He's nuts. Al- it's almost one of those things where he, he was probably secretly hoping somebody, got somebody a, get a hit. Just get a single. So I can take this guy out yep. and we don't worry about, you know, yep. blowing out his let, arm let me, or whatever. Let me get to Devin Williams and then we can get to Hater. Right. Just Yes. Oh, my God. It was so funny to watch because he's on the phone here. He's pacing there. He's looking back at his coaches. He's on the phone again. And it's just like. Well, it's like these guys, they're, they're terrified of the. Yes. Of the second guessing. I mean, you just when when guys <clears throat> when guys are having a night, you got to let them roll. I mean, that's, Nash Nash did it last night with Durant. He was interviewed before the fourth quarter. And they asked him about Durant playing 48 minutes. And he goes, I hate it. I don't like it. But we're in a we're in a do or die game here. He's got to, and he's killing people. We got to play. How do you take him out? You can't take him out. I mean, somebody from I and I don't know what the outing was, and I don't know the team or the player. I just saw the I saw the pit. Somebody from either last night or the night before threw 119 pitches. Yeah, 
I bet that drove that that would like counsel you wouldn't get a night's sleep oh, after there's, that. There's general managers all over the league just oh this is this is <laughs> I, I can't believe that they're just wrecking this guy like this. The the numbers say our 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 analytics department says. I just come on. Just just let it let it ride. Like just, you said. Just play the game. Play the game. Play the game. That's all you gotta do. I have not done any sort of I know Liz talked about this in her commentary. I think it was on either Tuesday this week or Thursday last week, I've not paid attention to this ball substance deal at all. So have you, have well, you yeah, looked into a little, this a little, a little bit. bit? It's this spider tack is what it's called. Okay. And it's, it's, it's not pine tar, but it's like a pine tar. It's a sticky substance that, that there are, that major league baseball has allowed pitchers to get away with putting on the okay, ball. Why have they allowed it? Because the last sure. I knew you couldn't put anything on the ball except for dry your hand with the rosin bag that's behind the mouth. Because baseball continues to be reactive as opposed to proactive. They did it with the steroids. They're, they they did it with the sign stealing with the Astros. Right. And they're doing it with the baseball. Um, so they've, they've come out now. They're going to have checkpoints during the game when like an umpire can check a pitcher as he's coming off the field or whatever um, to see if he's got anything like in his glove or on his hat. Um, Do we have a list of guys outside of Cole who I know that this has kind of been, he's kind of been the focal, the the poster boy for this thing. Have we got a list of guys that generally do this or is it is it pretty much everybody? It sounds like it's a lot of guys. Um. I read an article a couple weeks ago when this kind of first broke, and Cubs manager David Ross was quoted in the article, and he said the Brewers have a guy, Corbin Burns, Mm. who throws a 97-mile-an-hour cutter that he said it makes Mariano Rivera's cutter look like a Little Leaguer's. (laughs) So, but and, And that begs the question now, how does this affect the season going forward? Because if you're caught with it now... It's a 10, I think it's a 10-game suspension, not 10-day. I think it's 10-game. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But if a player is suspended, the team cannot replace him on the roster while he's suspended. Oh, so really? if Brandon Woodruff, or if, if, if Corbin Burns gets caught, you can't pull somebody out of AAA to take this, the roster spot. You're now list. down a guy for a week. So that's a little bit of a yeah. let's not get caught kind of thing, but... If you're a pitcher and you've been using this stuff and you've been having a lot of success with it, and now how now you just don't get to use it, a lot of these guys are pissed off about that. Um, so, are, which so I guess is understandable, but it's like, dude, you're cheating. Are we going to see an uptick in guys getting shelled, and then that's going to be a clue? Well, he doesn't get to use this stuff anymore. So now, is he really as good as we thought he was? I don't know. It's like I said last week, man, and I've. I've Tell my dad this all the time, and he gets mad because my dad's a, a baseball guy first. Baseball is, was, and always will be a game of cheaters. It just is. You can go all the way back to the Black Sox fixing games. You can go back to the, the Greenies in the 50s and the 60s that guys were taking. You go to the steroid era, sign stealing, whatever it is. Some of it is is... Against the rules, some of it is quote-unquote skirting the rules. Baseball has always been about that. That's just what they do. Um, you know, you you can't really cheat in football unless you're the Patriots. I mean, they, they but even they kind of got caught. 
there really is no way to cheat in basketball. There's nothing you could right. really do to can't, the you can't do anything, anything to, the to the ball, ball or no. you know, I mean, the closest thing ever to cheating in basketball was like when Red Auerbach would turn the heat up in your locker room and have <laughs> cold water showers. But baseball for some reason and baseball purists always kind of find a way to excuse this stuff. At the end of the day, I don't really care if but, these guys are using it. But it's funny that player strikes drive them nuts. Yes, right. Cheating I'm okay with, but work stoppages? Can't have that. No. I, I guess at the end of the day, I don't really care if these guys are using it, just like I didn't really care that guys were doing roids, because if the pitcher's doing something to the ball, chances are the hitters are going to find a way to level that playing field. They're going to do something something on their end to try to level that playing field. Maybe they're not doing it yet. Maybe they were working on it and trying to figure that out. But it was, you know, okay, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, you're going to take steroids? That's cool. I'm Roger Clemens. I'm going to take him too. So now my fastball at 40 years old is still 98, not 91 like it should be. So it is what it is. I hope it doesn't affect the Brewers. I hope that um, it doesn't affect Burns if he, in fact, is a guy that has benefited off it. I hope nobody gets suspended for it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just baseball, man. You brought up Barry Bonds. Did you see a picture of him on Twitter the I did. last week? Well, I saw him on the dog show. He, he was at the dog show. He's half his size. Yes, that's where I yeah. saw the picture. Yeah, because he, he had his dog entered. He's half his size. He, yeah, his old size. Still got a giant melon, but. Yeah, but, I mean, it's nothing. Nothing like it was. Nothing like it was. His hat size is down to a regular eight now. Instead of that 12, he was walking around with buckethead. Hey, before we go, okay. did you end up going down to, to uh, the snapper field today? Yes. How was that? Got some pictures. Um, I'll let you leave through them here just just momentarily, but um, it was really cool. Um, okay, so there's the start. There's looking at it from center field, and you can swipe. Um, this, the scoreboard, the guy is really nice who runs the whole kind of PR department um, uh, Brent Bartles, I think is his name, or Bartels. Um, just a young kid who's, you know, trying to break in. He His concern is that the scoreboard is not widescreen. It's square. So that's that's not like TVs are nowadays. You know what I mean? Sure. So, sure. Th- so it's, it, there's going to have some limitation on the amount of the screen they can use and the amount of video that they can show. But it's a giant screen. Um, they've laid the turf. Mm-hmm. It's all turf. Infield is going to be dirt where the playing areas are, but the infield grass and the outfield grass is all turf. They've laid it. It looks like it's mowed, you know, one stripe one way, one stripe the other way. That's the way it's designed. So it it looks like there's a pattern there. Oh, yeah, Um, I see it. Yeah. yeah. They have all the bleachers in. The bullpens are getting constructed. They're starting with the railings as well. It's a 360 concourse. You you can walk around the entire stadium. It's all open. Um, They're going to have a lot of cocktail tables, standing room only stuff in the outfield. Um, they're going to have the party decks on the left field and right field sides. They're going to have uh, some media rooms upstairs. It's not as complete, I don't think, as Appleton. But they've modeled this stadium according to the the, the, the dude that was given the tour on their double-A team down in Florida. 
Oh, okay. The one that Studer broke in with the blue wahoos or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So they're, they're they're basically modeling it after that. Um, you know, it's got some great amenities. They've got going to have a food truck area. There's going to be like these pop up bars that you see on Summerfest with the bar down the middle and then the rectangle around it. Oh where yeah, everybody sure. goes. That's one of the party areas in right field, and that dude's like, this is going to be where everybody's going to want to go. Huh. Um, and it's it's a great vantage point to watch a game. I mean, really, there, there's no bad seat. By the time the games start, the sun's going to be back behind the stadium facade, so nobody's going to be boiling or anything like that. Um, my concern is with the river bugs mm. because it's next to the river. Oh. And as soon as that stuff happens, I work downtown, the bugs are terrible. Yeah, they are. You know, and they you're are. right next to the river. You're not a block or two away. I mean... It's like the stadium in San Francisco. If you hit a foul ball over the stadium in the third base side, probably going to end up in the river. Really? Okay. Huh. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a little concerned about that. It's going to be weird for the people that are up there um, living on that hill. There's a little bit of tree buffering. But those lights are going to be bright, man. Oh, sure. I mean, it's in the middle of downtown, but, I mean, a block over, it's a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how Pullman, those neighbors, are probably used to it by now, but... There's going to be a lot more happening down at this stadium. I'm I'm actually kind of excited to call a game um, down there if they ever do a high school. Like, to me, in order to get kind of set in the community, you schedule Beloit-Turner and Beloit-Memorial, an intra-city matchup, and you hold it right there twice a year. Well, and I would think even, like, for a regional or a sectional, sectional at some point they'll you know, get one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that, you know, you're not going to ask the northern teams to come do state. Right. Down right. there. I mean, Appleton is perfectly situated. Yep. It's, you know, they've already got a good thing going in there. But that stadium is very capable of doing a lot of things. The, I, I think Beloit College is going to host a football game there hmm. in the fall. The stadium's big enough to do that. Is that why um, they went with the turf? I think so. Yeah, for, so for, the multi-purpose for, stuff. Yes, concert probably, venues. You could probably even have a soccer game there, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. I mean, so, so there's there's all kinds of opportunities for that. Um, well, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm I, I definitely want to get down and check it out. It looks like a really, yeah, really nice I mean, place. I, I'm, I, it's very impressive. There's not going to be much parking. They're counting on you coming from downtown and walking a couple blocks. Okay, so it's going to be very, it's going to be very weird how they set up the parking situation. Um, well, they'll that's something they'll figure out as they go. If you know, if you got to, you know, if you got to clear out some spot or you buy some land and build a parking right. garage or something, you may have to do that. It's weird because it's right, literally on the Wisconsin. Illinois state line. If you mm. go across the street uh, from the th- uh, first base side, you're in Illinois. So if you go across the street, you can get gummies, and then right. you can come back across the street and e- eat them and watch the game. There you go. It's actually what did he say? He said because I saw it. There's a there's just a wide open field, but it's got these fissures with these pipes sticking out of it. And I'm like, that reminds me of a landfill yeah. that has been covered. He goes, actually, I think it was like a sewage treatment area. And I was like, <laughs> sweet, perfect. Hope nobody's right. out there smoking ciggies. <laughs> like, be like Uncle Lewis yeah, in uh, Christmas right. Vacation. You throw one up, and all of a sudden, the methane that comes up from the earth lights everything on fire. Hey, Grizz. Yeah. So yeah, no. It, I mean, I mean, it looks like a cool stadium. I'm, I'm kind of anxious to see whether they, how much they really get into the local level for baseball and allow stuff in there because you know we don't do any road games because not many people have baseball press boxes. Um, and the state line sports complex where Beloit Memorial generally plays is garbage. I don't know if they're going to play at Pullman or they're going to let them play there. But you know, this, this kid was like, if they're going to pay us to use this place, we'd be foolish not to take their money for sure and just say go ahead and let them use it. Yeah. Um, 
but it looks really impressive. It doesn't. They've pushed the opening date back already, like three times. To what? Do you know? I think it's supposed to be in mid-August. Okay. And that's only like four weeks left in the season. Mm. I don't know that they're going to make that. I mean, just by the pictures, they got a long way to go yeah. still. They got a long way to go. Might be but, better off waiting till next year and have a kind of a grand see? opening opening day. And th- and but I'm sure thing. they want to. They w- they'd love to get some money right right now. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, that is our uh, our episode for today. We got about a um, about well, twenty out of. I that, told you. So. We'll, ah, well, maybe we'll get an hour up. No, nope, we got an hour and a half. <laughs> um, just want to give a quick shout out. R.I.P. Uh, happy birthday, Tupac. He would be fifty today. <laughs> if that doesn't make you feel old, I don't know what does. Fifty. Fifty. Wow. Yeah. Okay then. That I. Andy's been dead for twenty five years. I think, he, I think he died in September. It'll be 25 years. Wow. Yeah. We're old, oh, dude. That's, I, that's, yes. We're old. Thank you for that. So I had to listen to a little, uh, of course. <clears throat> a little All Eyes on Me today. Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing, and, of course, tell your friends. We may be back next week. We may be back in two weeks. We don't know, but if in, the, we'll see how the Bucks do. I may be, uh, you may be unreachable Goldberg for a while. Goldberg may have to talk me off the ledge, so <laughs> we'll see. Until then, I'm Josh. And Dan. And we will talk to you next time. Go Bucks.